Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. Every night. I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Nope. The summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my nose, and I'll see you at another time. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. No. Ah, Sure don't care. Come out. Heading my way for another place. And I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budgets. Live, not so live, from the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. Hope all you low lifers are doing well out there. This is the podcast for Monday, November the 28th, right after Thanksgiving. Hope you're all fat and happy like I am. I'm sure that is the case with most of you low lifers out there. And if you're just tuning in for the first time and you want to know why you're being insulted or you perceive that you're being insulted, being called a low lifer, well, you're not. You're not. That's what the listeners of this program refer to themselves as, the lowlifer. So welcome. You are now a lowlifer. If you just you just tuning in for the first time, maybe maybe you just heard about it and you're peeking through the blinds, or maybe maybe you don't even want to listen. Maybe maybe you're just being being forced to be here. You're a lowlifer. So congratulations. Get a tattooed on you somewhere. Lowlifer for life. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, y'all. Here here's what I think about Thanksgiving. Uh, I was I was. Sitting around thinking about the show this morning, and and I'm like, you know what? And, and just think about life in general, right? And here's what I think about Thanksgiving. This happens to me every year, and y'all let me know in the comments if this happens to y'all. Thanksgiving is always when I realize most most of the time in my life, most years of my life, that I need a hard reset. <laughs> and what I mean by that is. Will you catch yourself standing in the kitchen two days after Thanksgiving, right? And you've had pecan pie just with a fork. Like, you're just sitting there eating it. I made a video and posted that on Instagram. That's real life. Like, I, I was being silly in the video, but, like, that's real life. That's me. And you're just eating it. And then you put that up. And then there's just a Ziploc bag full of cold turkey. And you just double fist in it. And then there's just, like, a Ziploc bag with leftover sister Schubert rolls and you just eating them. And then, and you, and you washing it down with vodka, <laughs> like 11 in the morning. I don't know what's happening right now, but the Thanksgiving break for me. So TH, we always shut down. Most of our customers, boat builder customers shut down. So this is always a really good week, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it's a good break, man. It's a good hard reset. Life's busy. And, uh, and I feel like I always though, on Sunday of that little break, realize that I need to call time out <laughs> before I die. <laughs> because not only am I eating Thanksgiving food like that, I'm just eating dumb stuff. Like, like uh, I was texting with a buddy of mine yesterday and I was in the, in a deer stand, been deer hunting a lot. That's what I do this week. Every year I talked about it last week. That's what Thanksgiving means to me. And, and after I recorded last week, Ryder man got a, got a really nice eight point first buck ever. Cool experience. Awesome experience. 
And uh, I've hunted a lot. I got to fish with my buddy Tim Cobb one day as well, caught some smallmouth, uh, skipped out the, the morning before Thanksgiving, went fishing, but uh, had a great time with him. But, but anyways, uh, for me, though, it's just about deer hunting, man, and I, I've been in a stand more than I haven't. I think I spent about 10 hours in one yesterday, uh, triple threat. If, had she been okay with it, I'd have spent all day in it. But uh, anyways, had to come home, do, take care of some things for a couple hours. But, but yesterday I was texting this friend of mine, and I said, uh, we're always joking about our diet because we're about the same age, got kids, and, and we're always just talking about, man, we're a picture of health. <laughs> And right now, y'all know I go, I go all over the place. I, I am workout, hike, going to hike 500 miles, going to do that. And then I go through these stages where I just eat every damn thing in sight, and it don't make sense, and I drink, and I just do really stupid things. And so he and I have been texting about it, and he sent me a picture the other day, and it was like corn nuts, a diet sundrop, and a Snickers. And he's like, follow me for more health advice. And so on my way to the stand yesterday morning, I was like four, 4.15, I get up, <laughs> I got me a piece of pecan pie, <laughs> put it on a napkin. I grabbed two honey buns out of the cabinet, put them in my hunting backpack, and an energy drink, and <laughs> was off to the tree. <laughs> Come on, man. If there are any doctors out there, please do the math on that and tell me how quick I'm going to die. That way I might stop, because I got to quit eating that way, man. I gotta quit eating that way, but that's that's kind of that's kind of a representation of what my life's been like. <laughs> and, and Thanksgiving's in, but then you roll right into Christmas. There's all these treats, delicious cookies, and whatnot. I don't know. It's a uh, it's a time around here, and holidays are always interesting. But I uh, hope all of you. I say all that to say I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. You got to spend it with the folks you wanted to spend it with, and you ate too much. You did whatever. It, maybe maybe your wife wanted you to go Christmas tree shopping already. You know, maybe you didn't have to go to the deer stand. Maybe you got to do that. Maybe you watched football go big orange. I can say that again this week. After we got embarrassed by South Carolina, we shut Vanderbilt out that Kirk Herbstreit picked to beat us. So that's fun. That's fun. Now we sit around and hope and pray that we somehow get to play in a New Year's Six bowl game. Hopefully, since we screwed it up at South Carolina. But uh, first 10-win season for them boys in orange since 2003. So been uh, it's been a fun season, man. It's been special. Uh, hats off to South Carolina for beating our brains out. I forgot to talk about it last week. Honestly, I was just too pissed <laughs> to talk about it. But uh, I forgot to talk about it, to be honest, too. And uh, it's just been special, man, watching it with the kids. It's been fun. And, uh, you know, it's been been too long. So back in the national conversation, it's a good time. Very good time for them Tennessee Vols. I'm, I'm all Vol geared out as, as usual around here today. All right, I got to thank these sponsors that make all this possible here at Low Budget Live, starting with StarTrine. Nobody, nobody ever wants to get in the driver's seat of whatever you drive. Mainly your bass boat, though, right? Nobody wants to hit that key and not get anything because ethanol's gotten in there. Elbow dropped it. I say it all the time. It's very relevant coming off of this Thanksgiving holiday. Ethanol's like that uncle that's just creepy that's in the corner that's trying to ask you things that you don't want to talk about Thanksgiving. And you're like, how am I, can you, how are you my uncle? And you're like, not even sure. Like, are you my mom's brother or my dad's brother? I don't think you are. I don't even think they have brothers. Why are you here? That's ethanol. Why are you here? Star trying, kicks it in the teeth, takes care of it. Little dabble do you. You can basically buy this anywhere, okay? You don't have to shake it. I like to shake it. Put it in your tank. If you're going to store the boat for longer than a couple weeks this time of year, you're definitely want, going to want to use some StarTron to kick ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, in your side-by-side. StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you low-budget life for many, many years now. We appreciate the boys in Florida for protecting our investment and sponsoring low-budget live. Pro-Guide Batteries doing big things, doing big things. I just saw they uh, they signed my boy Ryan Lambert in the kayak world, Kayak Bass Nation represent old Lambert. Going to be running uh, running those pro guys. They have options for everybody, whether you're in a kayak, in a bass boat. Uh, man, they even make some golf cart batteries, okay? Pro God has got it going on. Their lithiums, I'm absolutely blown away by. That's what little Trey and I were talking about last weekend after we fished the ABT in the current. He's like, man, these things just don't 
they, they don't give in. They don't at all. And I'm really proud to run those. You can check them out for yourself, ProGuideBatteries.com. Use code LBL10. That's LBL10 to let them know you're a low lifer. And try some of them batteries. Try some of them batteries out. BaitWorks.com. Bait-Works.com. Boy, they had some sales. They had some Black Friday goodness going on there at BaitWorks at the actual brick-and-mortar store there in Springfield, Missouri. But they need to become, if they haven't already, become one of your go-tos for online tackle shop and bait works. If they ain't got it, you don't need it. And you better not order it if you don't want it at the house. If you're trying to trick your wife, I say this all the time, and, and act like you didn't order a bunch of tackle. Don't order it from bait works because you'll hit order and then you'll get a confirmation that UPS will show up or FedEx or whoever on the back door. So do not do that. You can use code Duncan-10, Duncan-10 to let them know you're a low lifer, save some money, and I appreciate it very much. I see y'all using those weekly, and it is uh, I can't thank you enough for doing that. Give them a chance for real. They are a fantastic, fantastic business ran by great people, and I'm proud that they back up low budget life. Last but not least, certainly not least, hang the banner. I got to get out of the way of it. The Bassmaster Classic winning high-performance aluminum bass boat that Express X21 Pro and X21 Pro LE that I'm running this year. They also have the X19s, a fantastic, fantastic option as well. Ready for a 200. That thing is a rocket ship. C-Deck bow to stern. You can also get them with carpet. I don't know why you would, but you got C-Deck bow to stern. They all come Pre-rigged with those Yamaha shows, the 250 show is what I'm running this year. It's absolutely fantastic. I cannot get over how stable the boat is. 96-inch beam, and you don't sacrifice anything. In big water, you don't sacrifice a daggum thing. You can get shallow. Whole shot's amazing. Go check them out, expressboats.com. Find your local dealer. Go take a ride. Go, Go get behind the wheel of one, and you absolutely will be blown away. Express Boats, building excitement. Since 1966. All right. All right. We've got a great guest today. And, uh, you know, I opened up the floor last week to to you lowlifers about potential guests. And the lists were great. Had a lot of good ones come in. And I'm working on some of those uh, for, for dang sure. This is a guy that we're going to talk to here in a minute that I've been wanting to get back on. We did a podcast earlier this year. Um, and certainly looking forward to uh, chatting it up with him. Something that I, I want to hit on, there's not a lot going on. Uh, this is the time of year that always cracks me up because it's, uh, and I'm the same way, I'm right in the middle of this, so I'm making fun of myself in this before anybody gets their feelings hurt. But bass fishing social media looks a lot the same this time of year. It's just slow. Either you got deer hunting posts or you got uh, guys announcing new sponsors. Hey, Jerry's. Jerry's Plastic Worms has come on board to sponsor me. Hey, everybody, go follow Jerry's. Or my personal favorite is like the Black Friday. Hey, go support all my sponsors. Here's a in the feed on social media. And I just like put my phone down because it just annoys the piss out of me. I have to just not look at it. I get it. That's the world we're living in. But maybe comment, if you're watching this on YouTube, maybe comment, are those effective for you? Because you get the mass emails that go out hey please post about our black friday sale and then you see the same post mercury marine has a new announcement coming out do you just scroll past them like i do or do you go oh that's cool maybe do you look at the first one but not the other 500 because the fishing industry is so tiny right that i feel like those aren't very effective because i feel like the fans follow all the same people just my opinion for the most part you can let me know if you feel any different but this is that time of year where that starts happening People are digging up old footage to post. I just don't post anything because I don't have anything. I'm not fishing. Post some deer stuff every now and then. Other than that, just kind of keep to myself. Post me eating a pie. You know, that's what you're going to get. That's the quality content <laughs> you're getting from me right now. But, you know, the thing is uh, that that's really making me laugh right now. We've just done this in social media, in the bass fishing world. People, people feel like they have to do these things, but these announcement videos – and posts that people are making, like, it's like a, a high school, you know, when they got the hats laid out in front of them, and it's a high school commit, and he's being recruited by all these big things. He's got Alabama and Tennessee and, and USC on the table, right? 
and and he's like, I've decided, and he picks up his hat to take my talents to the U or whatever in the crap that they do. And I feel like we're there in bass fishing, but you just got a bunch of middle-aged dudes like, well, with all the choices out there, I've decided to take my talents to the BFL. And you're like, okay, bud, swipe, keep going. Well, guys, I'd like to tell you that I'm going to the Bassmaster Opens. Okay, you and a thousand other people. Calm down, sunshine. <laughs> they make me laugh so hard. I don't know why they make me laugh, but I, I do. And then there'll just be like one comment like, yeah, you do it. You do it, buddy. Um, it's, a tr- it's a tricky deal, man. You got guys really making a living at it and trying. And then you got a lot of people playing doctor out there in the fishing industry and social media does that. It's, it's tricky. It's very tricky, but it always, it always makes me laugh uh, this time of year seeing those. And it's, it's getting worse because people feel that the need to do that uh, to say the very least. And it's, it's always just kind of cracks me up. All right. Enough, uh, enough, enough of that. Enough of that. I'm sure I inadvertently hurt somebody's feelings. I'm not talking about anybody specific. Just calm down. Uh, I will say this. Stop calling yourself a brand, too. Your brand. You're a fisherman. Stop saying you're... I mean, I get the marketing behind that, but quit calling yourself a brand. Come on now. You ain't damn Walmart. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy right here disqualified for the Bassmaster Elite Series after a hiatus. He took a leave of absence. He was on the Elites, left, came back to the FLW. FLW Tour had two big wins there. He's won Costas slash Toyotas. This guy is one of my favorite humans to ever draw a breath on planet Earth uh, because he's no BS. He tells it like it is. He's a freaking fantastic angler. He's my buddy, and I'm glad that we're going to get to talk to him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the old Okie Boomer Sooner himself by way of Tennessee, Bradley Hallman. What is up, fellas? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I was uh, just sitting here trying to remember exactly how the LBL went. Did it, did it go by? Did it go by phone, or were we doing it by computer? I wasn't sure. <laughs> and I and I am not as professional as Panger, so you didn't even know. You just answered. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I was sitting here. I was refreshing my emails. I was like, I'm wondering if I'm getting a link. Are we doing it by phone? How exactly is this going? Hey, how bad is it that Castledine is now more professional than I am? <laughs> <laughs> Well, how bad is that? Your brand name, right? How well, bad but, is it? So, how, ba- that, <laughs> how bad is it that Castledine's like probably got Brit sending out email invites and stuff? <laughs> and I'm just me. I just call you. Dude, you, you were pioneer. You led the way. I was actually thinking about that this morning um, about coming on with you about uh, just, you know, years ago on the FLW tour, you were traveling around with the traveling circus and, and doing all this media work and. You know, I just looked at it and was like, I wouldn't even have a clue how to turn a camera on and more or less sit and talk to it like he does. But, uh, yeah, you definitely were one of the first. Well, it, it's uh, it's crazy, man. That was in uh, – it really wasn't that long ago when you think about it. But whenever I, I had my, my man Austin Boyd out there with a the camera and all that, but I just decided, hey, I want to show the good, the bad, the ugly. And there was a lot of ugly, obviously. And uh, and it was it – was, there were times, man, that it was – like I don't understand how Scott and them do it. At times, because he's full, you know, Scott's always on, Scott Martin. And uh, yep. for you low-lifers listening, like Scott, um, I feel like most people know when you can mention somebody by their first name and that's it. Uh, you know, we're talking about Scotty Boy. But, but dude, he's always got a camera in his face. He's always – he, to me, uh, and Polinick have been the two that have just been able to really milk it for all it is. Because other guys try it, right? You see it, but they don't pull it off like those two guys do. And – and I think Scott's ability to be, I mean, pretty damn honest with it and always be on camera is uh, is why he's been so successful in the in the YouTube world, for sure. Same with Polinick. He shows it all. He's got Kyle. I like, I like his new roommate that his roommates have given him. Have you heard the Hollywood? <laughs> it's so fitting for him. Oh, Scotty? Oh, yeah. yeah they're calling him Hollywood. <laughs> there was one video I watched uh, – Last year, I don't get to see everybody's YouTube stuff. You and I talk about this. When you're in it, it's like you don't get to watch all the, the stuff you want to. But there was one where Scott, like, literally had a camera set up 
by his bed when his alarm clock went off and it was legit. Like he had it, like the alarm clock goes off, starts buzzing and his camera's filming him waking up. And I'm like, dude, you are so committed to this because it's like, because it turns into a 30 second clip. That's what people don't realize. I know you do because you're filming all the time doing the YouTube stuff uh, as you're competing, as you're trying to, to make it back to the elites, dude, you've shared all that with everybody. And let me ask you this, like while we're on this topic, do you, cause I, this is kind of what I was getting to is I had days on tour that in that 2019, I had some good events. I had some terrible events that year. Um, had the best event I had while I was, while I fished the tour at Chickamauga. And it was amazing having the camera crew around and capturing those moments. I, th- those will always live forever. Right? Like for me, it's very special to have that video. Uh, my family was at the way and it was the last uh, tournament my mom got to come to uh, before she passed away. And so it's always, it's special, but there were days when you would have a bad day. And this is what I respect about Brandon and Scott so much, which they don't have a lot of bad days. Let's be honest. But that I would just be like, Hey, Austin, turn it off, turn it off. And I'm not that guy. Most of the time I like to be open and honest, but when I would have just a really bad one, I, I couldn't do it. And that's what, I think makes those guys so great is is they they are able to keep it up. Do you ever have those days like in the opens because you can't have one slip up and I mean a nine season, nine tournament gauntlet like you just went through? Did you ever have days where you're like I don't want to put the damn SD card in this thing? I don't want to mess with it because it's a lot to keep up with, man. Yeah, I hundred percent. I'm definitely more like you, Luke. I I have days that you know it's just like God. I don't even want to see that damn camera. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It just it, it's just like you're talking about. It's it's how you feel. I mean, you know that you should, and that's really where some of the good stuff is. But I, I can't always make myself do it. No, no, I can't. And and you're right. Those guys they they continue to crank it out. But like you said, they don't have any too many down days. No. Know? Especially, I seem to have a few more than they do for sure. Well, you you've you've had a you've had a, a very few this year because had this been next year in the top nine because this has been heavily debate, debated between me and a lot of folks. But had you been in the top nine overall next year, obviously you make that, so you would have double qualified. Um, you know, taking if they were still taking single divisions. So you you did have you had some days, but dude, in that central division, you were able to capitalize. With that being said, this is something I wanted to talk to you about. We haven't we haven't talked about off the record or anything. I know you you're a big fan of the top nine deal and the fishing all nine the overalls. Even though you benefited from the single division, what would you say to people that are frustrated by that? Because I mean, the numbers are coming in, and it's ridiculous how many people are signing up. So most people are actually a fan of it. It seems that are actually willing to fish. But what what's your initial thought on that, though, uh, as far as that big change? You know, I, I have mixed feelings, and I see both sides of it. I do, and um, I, I get that trying to qualify for the elites and having to travel nine events is a really rough way to for a, for a guy that's like like I was, you know, plumbing. And you're yeah. trying to get off work for uh, a certain short few weeks at a time, nine weeks. It's very hard to do and, and hold down a full-time job with someone who's depending on you, you know, but there's, it's really going to limit the amount of guys that have that kind of time and free time. But um, I, I'm like you, the numbers are there and I'm not surprised at how many are going all in. Um, the benefits of it is, is that the better angler you are, the more tournaments you have, the more the cream rises to the top. And we've seen that, you know, ever since this sport has been basically invented. So it will continue to rise to the top. And the more opportunities and tournaments that, that you have, um, the better angler you are, the, the better chance you're going to have to qualify. So um, I think from a qualifying standpoint, it definitely helps get guys that, will have more success and have more stability underneath them um, in a fishing career. But there's so many misconceptions. And this is one that, you, that, you know, I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but it's the truth. Guys think that, let's say you just fish three and you qualify for the elites. Bubba, that email comes within a week. <laughs> That's right. Like, like we just finished up at Rayburn. 
And within three weeks, you've got deposits due right. for your entire, you know, $45,000 of entry fees. Eight, nine season and, event, eight, nine event season as well, right? Like, that's the thing is, like, you couldn't get off work for the, for the nine to qualify. That's a lot of the argument, right? And I get it, but what happens <laughs> then? It, well, the, what I was getting at is, is it's not just start raining money. Yes. Like, just because you qualify yes. for the Elite Series, all these sponsors don't just start calling and knocking yes. on your door and, and throw, you know, $50,000 at you. So it, it's good that the opens are that because then it forces guys to really get into that marketing yes. and work on sponsors to be able to help pay for that. Night. So then you've got some relationships already started and established that hopefully you can help carry those into the elite series once you qualify i mean it's a huge help right the business side of this and 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 that's really where you can get this thing off the ground no doubt about it and i think that you know we've seen guys certainly compete uh on the elite series that have qualified through a single division there are exceptions to the rule obviously you'll be one of them you're a veteran guy it wasn't like this was your first year and you just landed got you know had a great three tournament run but i do think that ultimately the, the guys that make that top nine will be better served for it. Fishing against the competition they're going to have to fish against at all nine events next year. I think that it's it, it'll eventually wash out that, the, the like you said, the cream's going to rise to the top because, to me, I don't judge a fisherman based on one or two tournaments or three tournaments. I try to not judge any of them because it's really hard <laughs> to do <Yeah>. well <laughs> in today's time. But you know what I'm saying? I think to judge a career, I've always liked the guys that are consistent, that are consistent. And I think when you give a guy nine tournaments, the most consistent fishermen across the board, obviously are going to be the ones that wash out in that top nine. They're going to be the ones that come, come out clean. Um, the guys that make an adjustment on on day two to back up and punt and and they catch nine pounds if they had 18 the first day everybody's like oh we finished 60th he didn't get a check well that sucks but at the end of the year that finish is going to take you to the elite series potentially and that's the kind of guys that make classics that's the kind of guys that win angler of the year so i think i think that is very important uh to to look at from a fan standpoint and if you're looking to get into it man uh, I love – I've seen so many guys this offseason talk about fishing a single division. Hey, I'm going to take, take a jump. Uh, they've talked to me about it. They've messaged me about it. I'm like, I think that's smart, man. If you've never fished the Opens, jump in a single division and, and test the waters and see how you stack up. You don't have to Absolutely. qualify for the elites in your first freaking year. You don't have to. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Even if you win the points, great. Move on to fish nine the next year. So, seeing a lot of that, I think that's good. Um, are you hearing the same that I am that there's like over 170 in in all nine and uh, all the single divisions are full with a waiting list? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that plus 170 number for all nine. Yes, ridiculous, man. And, you... <laughs> uh, it's come from pretty good sources, so I, I don't know if they put that out there yet, but I think that's what they're. Yep. They're looking at. Yeah, I heard it from a very good source. I'll just leave it at that without getting them in trouble. But. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you – I mean, I know you're grateful for the elite qualification by, for a million different reasons, but are you glad you don't have to go through that next year? Be honest. You can be honest here. <laughs> Dude, you know, it took me three years. I we, know. You know. We left um, – Purgatory. We left uh, a good situation Yes. Um, at, at, at MLF after they purchased, but I had to make some decisions and see where I wanted to go. And, dude, at the time – it was a cliff. Yes. It was a cliff jumping off of to, to leave what we were doing over there and uh, to go to the opens. And it was an uphill battle then, and we knew it was going to be. And, and d- dude, I, I knew what I was up against. It wasn't like I jumped into some waters and thought, hey, I'm going to, you know, Jason Christie this thing, and I'll be in in one year. Um, it's it's going to be very hard for me. But I kind of looked at it like this, and this is how I would suggest guys look at it too if you're really committed to going. I looked at how many places were out there. So there's like nine spots, right? Let's let's use the math mm-hmm. going forward. And actually, there was a few more spots than nine whenever we first started because right. they were like this year, there was 12. Single divisions, yeah. Well, if you look at a field and you say there's 100 guys in there or 170, whatever the number's going to be, and there's nine spots, well, that is an extremely uphill, hard thing to obtain. Mm-hmm. But this is what I did. I said, well, first year, that's nine. Well, second year, that's 18. 
if I try this for three years, that's 27 spots that have been available to me. And somewhere, if I keep my nose to that grindstone and I just keep pecking at it, hopefully something will fall because that's 27 places. Now, that number starts sounding like, hey, I might be able to fall in there somewhere, you know. And that's really the outlook that I had to keep to stay positive, just to keep pushing and trying because, you know, eventually – that tree is going to fall if I keep chopping on it. So um, I, I think that was a really good outlook to help me. Maybe that's something that could help other guys looking at it because when you just look at the nine versus the field, it sounds like a lot. But if you really go in this with a, you know, a plan where like maybe, you know, can I do this a couple of years? That's 18 spots. Could I try it for three? That's 27 spots. Like then it becomes much more attainable, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I think it's, it's, that's great. Like I love, I love that outlook. And I think that you have to go into it with, I'm giving myself three years. I'm giving myself five years. I'm getting, you know what I mean? Like go in with a yep. plan of you're not going to be crushed if you don't make it in year one, because we've seen fantastic fishermen for years, not be able to get out of the opens and it's no fault of their own. I mean, things happen, whether it's a lost fish on day two at an event or Hey, there are 225 boats in these things, and you found the juice stretch, and there are nine boats on. You know what I mean? Like, there are just things that happen that keep you, and that's all part of the game, right? And the guys that qualify figure out a way to to survive those obstacles that get thrown their way. But no, I love that advice, man. Look at it as look at it big picture, um, and look for a lot of people, and I understand it financially. Hey, I'm throwing it at, at all nine, and I got one shot. And hey, if that's your shot. Try to make the most of it, but I but I love that Bradley Holman uh, mentality with that dude. It's it's fantastic. Absolutely there there fantastic. there was there's a lot of positives that you could look at as a competitor there, and 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 try to focus on those positives that help you. You know, however it helps you in your head going forward. Um, uh, Jacob Perosvic, he doesn't know this personally. I haven't told him this, but it was. It was helpful for me that it took him two years mm -hmm. because I know how naturally gifted he is as an angler. Um, he is pretty much, you know, rumor mills around the tours with roommates and guys that stayed with him. He is one of the most naturally gifted anglers out there. And it took him two years. He didn't make it the first year. And I was there the first year with him and, and we didn't make it. And the second year he made it. So on the second year when I came really, really close and it was crushing, and like I say, you're looking for positives, um, that guy is should have made it first year. Should have. But that's what that beast is. It's not easy for anyone. And it it helped me. And I used that as a positive, you know, just, just the fact that he's so strong and it, it took so much for him to get through. I mean, just Jay Prize just out here inspiring people and didn't even know it. <laughs> I feel like we should. I feel like I should be like, ladies and gentlemen, Jacob Prizek. Have have you and him on at the same time? That, that's, of course, I'm joking, but dude, that's a that's that's a statement right there that I didn't really think about because everybody looks at Jason Christie, right? The Jason Christie run where they're like, hey, you can come back but you're going to fish these opens kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And he just mm -hmm. marched. Mm -hmm. He just marched through them like, oh, these these things, while fishing an entire schedule of BPT, I think people don't look at that season close enough as something really that's one of a kind special. Look at Hackney. Hey, I'm going to fish these centrals. <laughs> just yeah. walks back yeah. in. But but it just it's a testament to how, how those guys are. Uh, and things lining up for him, you know, Scott Martin, dude, barely got in, right? Like barely, 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 right. barely, skin and, of his you know, teeth, I like barely got in. Yeah. So I know what kind of emotional turmoil he's gone through. Yeah. I know how, dude, I saw it firsthand in all your, it was not easy for him, dude. He was tore up many events, like yeah. what you're talking about, like they weren't good days and 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 he was not happy i i remember one we were down in texas uh on that lake dallas uh that's one oh, uh, i forget the other name it's got a couple names but it's it's right there in dallas anyway he'd had a pretty good practice and the tournament starts and he is not able to put it together and on like the second day of the tournament he only has one fish and he weighs in that one fish 
and he tells his guys, take me to the airport. Like, he's not worried about his truck, his boat. He's like, just take me to the airport. I'm going to Florida. I've had enough of this. He didn't want to talk to the cameras. He didn't want to. And, dude, I get it. Yeah, totally. uh, It was pins and needles all the way down to the very final event for him. And and it is for everybody that qualifies. You know, it was the same way this year. It was the same way last year. Um, It's it's hard. And it's it starts from the very first event to try to get all the way to the – you want to be still have an opportunity to qualify going into the ninth event. And if you can do that, then, you know, you're, you're giving yourself a chance. You've had a pretty good year. You've been able to put it together. If you're still in the conversation going into the final one, man, you, you've, you've done your work and you just need the chips to fall. You know, we've seen this, we're talking about great fish, my buddy, Sam George, we've seen him. He's been just, first guy out oh, like two or three times oh, yeah. man it's brutal yeah, and then Sam, Sam's done great through yeah. those things and just been unfortunate yeah and I and like this year was having a so-so year but then has a wreck coming home from freaking Oneida totals his boat can't finish the year um so I, I look for Sam to really really uh mix it up next year man I, I really feel like he will he knows how the opens work but but yeah there's so many Josh Douglas was a guy that fought through him for years now I, I will say the field, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of names, hearing a lot of names that are going to those opens next year that are leaving the pro circuit or the FLW tour and and other trails, and it's going to be interesting. But I, I asked Ish Monroe this last week, and you mentioned this. this is why I bring this up. Talk about mentally, because we all left. I went to do my, my thing, but you, Upshaw, and Fat Todd ended up going and fishing, and Scott Martin as well went to fish the opens. Talk and, and you said we did have a good thing going on at FLW Tour. We did, man. It was good. The checks were good. The people are great. You know, everything was good. And then things changed. It got bought out. And we're like, eh, we're kind of on the fence of how this is going to look going forward. And I think we all made the correct decision for sure for our for our lives, uh, obviously, I think. And and but you talked about that cliff, that ledge. And this is I tried to get Ish to talk about this a little bit last week. He he you know, Ish is a super confident guy, so he didn't act like it was any sweat off his back whatsoever. But, dude, that's a jump. It's a jump because you can stay in those opens, like you said, took three years. It could take you five, six years. You could fall off a of bass fishing planet Earth in that time frame. You know what I mean? So, were, was that uh, for you in that decision, were you, I mean, were you nervous? Were you scared to jump away from, quote, tour level because it was as high as you could get other than the Elite Series? the FLW tour and then just go, huh? All right, here we go. I mean, we're, we're, we're there are days where you're like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, I, absolutely. Like, like I said, I mean, I was perfectly aware of what I was getting myself into. Um, you know, at the time I had sponsors, um, that, that had been with me and I had to have that conversation with them, you know, um, there was a lot that went into that decision because it is jumping off a cliff and there was the reality. And I, I talked to my family about this. There's the reality that I never make it back to tour level yep. because I don't, I don't know where the sport's going. It's changing. Um, this is not an easy task. This is going to be very difficult. And um, yes, it's basically you can fall off into the abyss and then you're never seen again. And how long will those sponsors stay with you? Right. Will they stay one year will they stay two years what if it takes three years will they do three years what if it takes four or five years will they stick with you that long i mean historically and you know this right especially in the job that you're in um fishing at an open or a regional level at sponsorship levels are generally not paying cash money sponsors Mm -hmm. those are usually product discount um it's you're usually at that level um, I was fortunate enough to be with some really great companies and um, was able to maintain and hang on to some of that, that, that I had established at the FLW tour and carry that through the opens for three years. But one of the big things for me was, was, was having Scott, Scott, he, he got Todd and Andrew and I together and was like, look, this is what this is. And there's no guarantee in how long this is going to take to be able to get back to a large platform uh, on the elite series and and you've got to be able to carry uh, as much as you can and this is how you do it and you know at the time looking at him he's five hundred thousand subscribers and like you know he's got his camera crew running around he's hollywood how can you be yeah. like scott but um he he helped direct us 
and, and you yourself too. I mean, we looked around at our buddies and I know you had a lot of conversations with myself, um, even more so with Todd, uh, Castledine. We all kind of reached out and then, you know, Todd and Andrew and I would come back together and work and figure out ways that we could maximize our marketing value without having the FLW tour and without having the, the, the elite series. So um, those were all good business decisions and honestly things that I really enjoy now, um, just like being on here with you, you know, dude, I mean, it's Thanksgiving. I've been thinking about a lot of things I'm thankful for yeah. right now and I've got a lot to be thankful for, but it's, it's just really just come full circle and, and, and been really fortunate. It's, it's man, I, I'm telling you, and I know I was blowing you up during those opens because I, I've just gotten to know you over the years and from the first time you and I ever met, and we said this when you stopped by the bar and grill earlier this spring, you and I hit it off about music. That's always where our conversations tend to go there, football, before bass fishing, I feel like a lot of times. But music, you and I was like, are we brothers? And we didn't know it. Like, I'm just meeting you now the first time I ever met you down at Tony Satchery's house years ago and i'm like damn and 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 it's crazy for me and this is what i've tried to explain to a couple buddies of mine and and my wife uh why i was so you know people weren't like why are you so excited for bradley but trying to explain you know man that there's a reason this is so special is when i met you at toledo ben you were done you were done you were done that's the year that you were done and i looked at a guy and i met you and i thought this guy is so full of energy and he's funny and he's a great damn fish because I was a fan when I met you. I was I kept up with you. You had caught him at Wheeler, one of my home uh-huh. lakes in an elite, and I was like picking your brain about that. We we're talking, and it bummed me out when you were like, "Hey, I'm out of fishing. I'm leaving." Because I thought that damn guy's a freaking superstar, and and so for me to then we kind of get to hang out again when you come back to FLW and kick my teeth in, you get two big wins. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like everything felt like it was going right. And then for for you to narrowly miss qualifying last year, bummed me out. But man, when you had a chance going in that last day at Rayburn and you're right there, dude, I, I was truly, man, so excited because I know the journey and I know where you've been and I know how much freaking time you put into this away from your family and how much time you've put into your YouTube. Like you're saying, you and you and Todd and and Andrew the strategy and and I'll throw myself in there. We have had so many conversations because we did walk out there on a plank together to a certain extent and, and figure out our places in this fishing world that we've kind of carved out on our own against all, you know, (laughs) against the odds for the most part. But for you to know that by God in February, Bradley Hallman's going to be a Bassmaster elite series pro again, dude, I was elated, man. Like I, I was, and I want people to understand that. Like, that where you've been, what year was that? The Toledo Ben year. I was trying to think of that this morning. It was 2011. It was my so, last 11. year in the Elite Series. So, so that was 12 oh, years ago. So something like that. 12 years, man, you've set out the Elite Series. That that kind of leads me to this. What are you looking forward to the most? Like day one. What are you, now that you are Bradley Hallman FLW Tour champion, you've battled your way through the opens what is this bradley hallman looking forward to in 2023 i i'm honestly looking forward to all the years like you said all the years of doing this and uh and 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 maybe getting some payback on some of that work that's been put in through all these years and um I, i will be able to fish with a lot more confidence and just self no self doubt um I'm really looking forward to not having the opens have been such a grind and the fields have been so big and the fisheries have been so stingy and so tough, man. I can't wait to get somewhere where you can actually get a couple of multiple five pound bites. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have have like 17 pounds in the box and you've only got three of them. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm excited about that to have that opportunity. And, um, I really want to stick to my guns. A lot of people are like, what are your plans? What are you thinking? Um, I know what I am as an angler. I know that we're in the era of forward-facing sonar dominating a lot of events. If you look at our schedule and where they are, 
there is the possibility to potentially win the first six events and it not be, I know that it won't fall out that way, Yeah, but yeah. It, it is possible. And it's not that I don't like it. I do like it and I use it. I just don't know that I'm the guy that's going to win a tournament doing it. And the way the schedule sets up, I've just, of years of watching, man, if you look at Christie, if you look at Happy, if you look at uh, uh, Jacob Prosnick, if you look at, uh, you know, any of those guys, and even, even the offshore guys like Polinick, you know, what they do is they stick to their strengths, yes. whatever their strengths are. And, and that's how you build an extremely successful career. Um, that's what I want to go back to really just stay with my roots, if that makes sense. And I want to fish my style. Now, I learned a lot. Believe me, as many years as I've <laughs> fished, the three years of the Opens actually opened my eyes and I believe made me even a better angler. Um, maybe – Maybe that was, you know, God's purpose was to, you know, th that's how you make classics of the lessons that you learn coming through that open. Um, how to punt, how to finish 60th, like what you're talking yes. about. And realize that that 60th place is, okay. is probably what you're chasing when practice starts. Yes. Or not practice starts, but after practice is over. Like you've given yourself the opportunity to do great things in practice and it hasn't happened. So now let's punt and let's figure how not to finish 100th or 95th or, you know what I mean? Yep. How can we just stay under the 60s? Yep. Got to make chicken salad and, out of chicken shit <laughs> a lot in yeah. this, in this old world. Um, it's in the bass fishing world. Like I've heard Swindle say it. You got to realize after your practice or about halfway through day one, by God, we're not here to win anymore. <laughs> We're here to just put, try to put some points on the board and go home. I mean, it's true. You're not going to win them yeah. all. You're not going to be in a position yeah. to win them all. You know, and another thing I'm looking forward to, you know, you bring up Swindle. The first time, my first go around, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of the sport. So, and I have been my whole lives. I looked up to a lot of those guys, and I know, I know a lot of guys come on the Elite Series, and they, they battle with this. Now, I'm sure there's some that come in there that are just straight-up fishermen. And they're not really so much in awe of some of their surroundings, the Gerald Swindles and the Hackneys. Um, this second go around for me will be a lot different because not that I'm not still in awe of them a fan, I am. But most of those men are people that I call friends as mm -hmm. well. They send me texts. We have conversations through the years. We have relationships. So it will almost be like going back to a high school reunion, yeah. you know? of people that, that you've stayed with, roomed with, traveled with, uh, fished against, had conversations and sit in fog delays for three hours, and everybody's fought to try to get as close to Swindle as possible because he's going to be pretty entertaining, <laughs> and we're not going anywhere for three hours, so you might as well laugh. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, things like that, that part I'm really looking forward to, and that's a big difference for me going in this second go-around, too. Yeah, I was going to say, 11 years ago, man, coming in kind of bright-eyed and and, you know, did you, when you say stick to your guns, though, I want to go back to that just real quick. Did you, in that first, in, in your first experience on the Elite Series, because you are, man, you are, you like to throw the little brown jig. You like to throw that BFE now. You're going to wind around a spinnerbait. You, you like to fish shallow. You like to fish your way. You like to sight fish. You like to flip. Yep. Did you, did you get away from that at times that first year, trying to make too many different things happen in your first experience on the Elites? Just trying to chase yeah, what was it, going on. Yeah, absolutely. And for years. And I and I even did it on the FLW tour. I mean, I've continued to do it. So here, here's my downfall of my fishing career. I'm an extremely versatile angler, but I'm not, I've never been able to turn that into Edwin Evers. And mm -hmm. it's taken me a lot of years to figure this out. Like, you know, Edwin can win doing anything. Yeah. He can win drop shot and he can win. I mean, he can win doing anything. I can fish all those ways and I feel confident. I feel confident, you know, starting practice off up north with a drop shot in my hand and spinning rod all week. But what I've noticed through the years is when it's all said and done, my top tens and my really good finishes and where I scare them for winning, it, that's usually not that, – that's not where that is. It's it's always something where it's like, well, you got an LBJ in your hand. Imagine that. You <laughs> yeah, <know>? Or <laughs> you got a flipping stick in your hand. Imagine that. It's, it, it always comes back to how we are naturally geared and what we look for. And I think the way that I've kind of reasoned it out in my head through the years as far as like, you know, why does this happen this way? I think when you're in your wheelhouse and things are not going good, which is 
for all of us, most most time the case. Yes. Um, Even the great anglers, they spend more time struggling on the water than they do catching. Right. Um, When that window of opportunity shows itself, when you get a bite that explains to you, I call it the aha moment. You know, Mm -hmm. flip on a light switch. I talk about it a lot on a lot of different stuff I've done. It. I get that, but one bite, and it's like instantly, I'm like, ooh. I know what's going on. Like I get a lot of information from one bike sometimes. And that comes to me when I'm fishing my style. I don't think I completely understand and put all the pieces together of the puzzle when I'm doing some other things. Um, They don't come as quick. So yes, I was definitely guilty of that early on. Um, Perfect examples. My first year on the elite series, we go up North and I've never been to New York in my life at this time. This is in 2006. We go to Oneida for the first time ever. All they talk about is the smallmouth. That's all you hear. Um, we get up there and Tommy Biffle wins it flipping uh, yeah. willow trees on the bank. Large that. mouth. Clear we go water. straight back, straight back water to back too. to Champlain. And I'm like, this one, they definitely talk about nothing but smallmouth. And I'm out there with a drop shot in my hand. And I fished half of that tournament fishing for smallmouth with the drop shot. And Denny Brower wins it flipping willows. And it was so blatant obvious. And practice, I had gone up to the north end, fished in that Missicoy Bay. I'd actually picked up the phone and told Kurt Dove, I said, every willow tree that's on a point, because he was up there with me, has a fish on it. I said, all you got to do is flip it. And he's he's on the phone, and he's like, well, can you see me? And I'm like, yeah, he's about, you know, half a mile, three-quarters of a mile up in front of me on this willow point. I can see him. He's like, there's not one here. And I'm like, just stay there. I'll be there in a second. I fired up and I went up there in my very first flip. Jake yanked one out right in front of me. He's like, damn. That's what the kind of stuff that I mean. You're able to read that water quickly and decipher. And and even in that tournament, there after I'd showed him that, I still went and, and, and did the spinning rod thing. So yeah, you get caught up in what, what should go on in this place instead of just doing your deal. And I and I feel like where you're at now, and I, and I know that's what you're saying, but you're going to do your deal way more. Uh, but but your deal is more complex now after fishing the opens for sure, man. I, I've seen you. I mean, dude, I said it when you were here, and I'll say it again. But when you won at Lanier, that was one of the most impressive victories I've ever seen in professional fishing, in my opinion. But you won it just with giant spots for the first three days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Brad, Oh, who's going to win this tournament? I want him Cody Meyer. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we get there and we're like, Oh, Cody's going to whip our ass this week. And it's like Bradley Holman. Wow. <laughs> like what just happened? Bradley Holman yeah. just dropped 23 pounds of freaking spots. And I'll never forget, yeah. but you, but the last day you had to punt and you went Bradley style spinner baiting up the river to close it Mm -hmm. out. But I always think about that one being like the signature win for you is that you had really came a long ways from, from when you stopped fishing the elites because you, you were starting to really apply a lot more techniques and, and you've certainly done that through the opens, man. So I'm, I'm pumped for next year to see, um, especially those that you got circled, what ends up happening. Like you said, a lot of times when you look at a, a schedule and we're like, well, this won't happen here. Normally, that's what happens there <laughs> yeah. because the weather yeah. will be stupid or something will happen. But I do think you've got a really good shot, you know, to, to fish the way you love, man. And I, I look forward to uh, to seeing that for damn sure. I'm really excited about all the opportunities I have in front of me. And I will I will enjoy them much more this time than I did the first time. Um, I, I'll have more time to sit back and reflect and enjoy it. And I'll enjoy my time on the water. Dude, that's when we all fish our best. We all know that. It's just hard to achieve that. But when you're enjoying what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're having a good time, um, it helps you work harder, stay mentally hooked up longer for long periods. Um, th- that's really that's really when you're when you're doing your best because we all know that it's a grind, right? Yes. It, it is. But just being able to enjoy being back. Like I said, it's going to be somewhat like going back to a reunion. I'm going to be going back home, and there's a lot of people there that I haven't seen or talked to very much, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see them and be able to be back around those guys and have those same conversations again and get caught up. Um, and then, like I said, I'm, I'm extremely excited with the opportunities of the lakes and schedules that, that they've got this year. Like, it's just going to be a lot of fun. The schedule's fantastic. Well, let's let's talk about – 
this is something I got on my list here. And really, we'll close out the show because I, I, I think we'll close it out with this because this is very important to me, Bradley. This is very important. I've texted you about it, and, I, and I'm a little upset. I'm a little upset, and I, and I told a now mutual friend of ours this. I told him to give you hell about this, but you post publicly. You said, I need help picking my walkout music. And, now, and I was like, Bradley Hallman don't need any help picking out damn walkout music. His his playlist look like mine. Then I start seeing these comments, and I was overwhelmed by the fact that there wasn't one person the first day I looked that was like, well, you got to use something from Turnpike Troubadours. The Oklahoma Halt Music Hall of Fame winning Turnpike Troubadours there from your beloved Okie State. And I texted you, and I was like, Hallman, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah. And now – You've gone fishing with Mr. Engelman, uh, freaking Telly abusing uh, guitar player for the Turnpike Troubadours. Did he give you a ration of crap over this? Because I told him to. He should have. He did, he did not bring okay. it up. What? He did not bring it up. Oh, buddy, am I disappointed in that? Because he's good at giving crap. He was wanting live scope tips. <laughs> I know where this is headed. Yeah, we uh we had a great day on the water. And oh, sure we'll do some more fishing. Uh, we got a lot common. He lives right here in yeah, Norman, Oklahoma, man. with me. So um, I've been a big Turnpike fan, just like you, oh, for yeah. a long time. And the music thing, I really want to pick something Oklahoma. Um, and I, it's not going to be Boomer Singer. I want something that's, <laughs> Hell that's no. still very Oklahoma. And I've I've decided on something, Luke. But it's it's okay. It's not going to be it's not going to be Turnpike. Is it what you um, text me? I, we don't I, have to announce. Turnpike it had two two songs that made my my final three list. Okay. So of my final three list, Turnpike was two of those songs. Okay. Okay. So you went with the one you text me. You text yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going to use Jason Bowler and the Stragglers. Okay. And, Jason's from Oklahoma. He's part of the original Red Dirt That's scene right. up there in Stillwater. Um, I'm going to use a song that was actually a Don Williams song, Tulsa Time, Living yeah. on Tulsa Time. But he has a live version of that. I believe it was probably recorded up there in Stillwater, Tumbleweed, maybe. Um, it's a good version, and it's it's very Oklahoman, and it's it's got a lot to do with my story somehow. That's good. Life, so, yeah, I'm with you, dude. Um, I'm with you. It's a good – I just had to give you crap because – because them turnpike boys, man, they on fire. And I don't know if that might help you win Angler of the Year next year. I'm just saying, if you finish second in Angler of the Year and you don't win and it's a close race, that's, that's probably what did it. <laughs> Those guys are killing it, dude. They just God. sold out. So like the arena. Two days, two days before he and I go fishing, he just sold out this Paycom Center, which is where the NBA teams play, 15,000 people, and yep. broke all kinds of records down there with sales and merchandise, and they're killing it. You know? it's, and it's he's ridiculous, like, man. it's just hard to stand on stage and believe that we were a bar band. You know, not long ago we've come. And I'm like, dude, y'all are there. <laughs> no, and, and they and they were there not long ago. And and you've gotten to know Ryan. I, I've been uh, fortunate to get to know some of those guys through Ryan and uh most of the band there and they're just they're they're good dudes they work hard and uh it's like it's like fishermen it's like like seeing guys that that you know do well and of course i didn't know them until this run i got to know ryan i guess last december but uh it's really cool to see man and i know people out there because uh, it feels like your home team right winning the super bowl you're like hell yeah to see them selling out arenas and stuff it's it's really cool to see but i'm disappointed that Ryan Engelman didn't give you more crap over that because I had you set up, I thought, that day to take a beating from him because he can give a beating. <laughs> He's really good <laughs> at giving a beating, trust me. And uh, we've spent a lot of time on both together and, and uh, talked a good bit. And I promise you, he's really good at dishing it out. So I, I text him. I was like, hey, man, there's a major problem in hand. we got to get home on the right path. But I think it was the first time y'all had fished, and he was like, that's – he because he, he texted me after. I was like, well, did he put you on – put you on some fish and uh and he was talking about y'all y'all figuring out this live scope thing out there and uh some of the wintertime fishing that he's been struggling with and and he's like uh he's he said y'all gonna go back again soon so he had a good time but i i like that when my when my friends get together man that's that was good to hear but i'm very disappointed that you didn't catch a ration of crap from uh, from Engelman. Well, there's still time. I guess he could still lobby and really try to change my mind. You know, um, the Whiskey Myers thing is obviously really big out there with the boys from Texas and uh, oh, yeah. you know, Turnpikes here in Oklahoma. And 
Uh, they're already represented out there on the tour. So, yeah, I, I, I get it, you know, and I'm I like, I'm just like you, dude. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. Um, Love I've loved all, their music man. for a long time. It's it's like a their music to me is like a fine bourbon, you know, and you, you've got to really have an appreciation for that style of music to really – when that when that song comes on or any of their songs and you start listening, you're like, oh my gosh, this is really deep. And, oh you know, yeah, um, it's got a lot of that sound that we just really like. And so so many layers to those onions, right? Of them songs, like yeah, like you may have yeah. the sing along parts that everybody in the arena screaming out loud, but when you really dig deep, it's like holy crap, man! Like my is one of the coolest things for me. And I, I was telling Ryan this the other day. My son Hudson, he's 15. He's a music nut like like I am, like we are, and. uh he brought up Turnpike to me, kind of out of nowhere, because I, I force feed him my music all the time, and it's always interesting to see what kind of sticks and what doesn't. But he was brought up Turnpike, and he was talking about lyrics, and he was talking about a couple songs, and I, I was just like, all right, I'm doing something right <laughs> as a dad. If he's catching on to that at 15, I'm like, all right, we go, the world's going to be okay. We can leave it to these kids. It's going to be, it's going to be good. But uh, no, I just had to give you some, uh, had to give you some crap over that, buddy. Uh, anything that you would like to say to anybody listening about your experience uh, before I let you go about getting there, you've already get, given some great advice. I feel like, but on the sponsor game, on the sponsor game, anything, and I know you mentioned it, but the streets aren't necessarily paved with gold, right? Just because you make it. And I know you've got great relationships, long-time relationships. Yeah. But do people, do they need to, a reality check on that at all, on what, what actually happens when you do get that email from Bass? Yeah, uh, they, that's what I'm talking about. Some of the guys that were unhappy about the three, you know, you just really got to look at that because that's not the reality of how that thing works. Um, you know, I fished there for six years. Um, and at the time, I think we were fishing 10 or 11 events. And yes. These were 55,000. And I don't have, remember, a year. I know there wasn't. There wasn't a year in six years that I was there that I was able to pay just my entry fees and sponsors. I never was able to generate that much money. And I was in the majority being that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we you could get maybe some of it, but that's a lot of money. And at the end of the day, you better be able to catch some fish to be able to pay for that. And and I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, and that's how a lot of the guys ride. So, you know, it's not it's not hundred thousand dollars falling out of the sky and um you know, you're going to be able to get a 401k from this, this company. I mean, dude, you're not making a retirement from bass fishing, mm -hmm. even at the top level. Now there are the few that are, but they are the one percenters. It is the Brandon Pollock, the Gerald Swindles, the guys that you would think, but for the most part, the other guys are just fishermen doing whatever they can to put the pieces together, however they can put them together to come up with enough to be able to compete and be happy and take care of their families. And, and there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat, dude. You know as well as I, there's a lot of guys you've known uh, through the years to do this for a living. And everybody kind of does it a different way. Mm -hmm. But if you truly love the sport and that's what you want to do with your life, you can figure out ways to build your life to make that obtainable. But it is it is tough. I love it. I love it. I, I think that uh, we need more of that. And you are certainly always honest. You and uh, I'll even give Todd credit and, and Andrew credit. I hate to but I will because <laughs> they're good about being brutally honest. I love, I love my dudes. I can't, uh, I can't give them crap. I can't even say that with a straight face. I love that people think that like Upshaw and I hate each other half the time. Like when I get on, on a uh, live YouTube and I just give him crap in the comments, it's like my favorite thing in the world to do. Todd gets so excited, dude. He oh, gets so yeah. excited when you're in the comments. Oh, yeah. He's like, this is great. He's just in the comments going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that night you, you were given some really the last one I was on. You were giving great stuff, like always, man, and and being really, you know, sincere about your journey and all that. And Andrew and I are just fighting in the comments, and I'm like, we're taking so much away from this, and I'm sorry. Like Marissa was in the room, she's like, "Why are you doing this?" I was like, "Cause Andrew popped off. Like I got, I got to defend myself here." <laughs> and then there were just people like, "Little lifers, you know." No, it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's when so we much all fun, man. Each other, and, and you know, we've helped each other all. You For know, sure, you, dude. you've done so much, and we've looked at, at all your successes, and, and you know, from the traveling circus to LBL and, 
and uh you know it's it's all our friendships and us all being able to bounce ideas off each other and and all the things that we've done it, it makes our community you know what yeah, it is no doubt man i mean todd will call me and say listen listen <laughs> listen i got an idea yeah. listen. i'm gonna listen todd you know i'm gonna listen <laughs> <laughs> he's got some good ideas dude. he does no have some good ideas he has some great ideas i love todd castledine man he's he's uh todd and i we're gonna do a live me you him and upshaw gotta get together and do one on his channel i think that'd be fun yeah a lot of fun. Do, that. Let's do that all right buddy best of luck to you if i don't talk to you which i i hope to and uh hope the family's well and give me a shout bradley hallman everybody thank you buddy Hey, thank you very much. LBL Live and all you low lifers listening, man. Appreciate y'all being on here. No doubt. Thank you, Brad. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. Bradley Hallman, everybody. That you know, I, I was thinking, I was I was truly sitting in a deer stand, imagine that. And uh, and I thought, who am I gonna talk to this week? Who is the W sauce gonna make appear? You know, the sauce presented by the W sauce. Bradley Hallman, it popped up, and, and I kind of do it that way. I got a list of people I want to have, and I know I have Brad in, and I know he's done every podcast, more fishing podcast now and videos than ever before. Everybody everybody with the damn camera's got one, and he's done them all. He's been doing a ton. Of course, he's a regular with Pangrom BTL, and uh, and I was like, you know, I want to talk to Hallman. I want to talk to Hallman, and I always feel like he offers such a unique perspective on things, and he keeps it real. And uh, he's just a great human, man. So I hope you guys enjoyed that, just us kind of rambling together. We certainly, like, we were able to go almost two hours uh, in a conversation here when he was at the bar and grill back in uh, the spring. But uh, always good chatting it up with him about everything. And, and, and I, I do think, and I know I talk about it so much on here, that it, maybe it gets redundant. But I don't think we do enough to educate people about what the sport really is at times. And, you know, I, I try to be honest, and I like talking to people that are honest about it, and it's not sugar-coated, and they let you know that this is not a walk in the damn park. And I think that's okay. I think it's great to have dreams, and I think it's great when those dreams work out, but I think there are, there are realities to situations. And, uh, you know, Brad's never somebody that shies away from that. So thanks to Bradley Hallman, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. Hope you're all doing well, and I uh, can't thank you enough for tuning in week after week. Uh, be sure, I want to say this this week, be sure to support the sponsors of the show, man. I, I, I appreciate them just as much as I appreciate you. The W Sauce, they are uh, fantastic to work with. We're going to get the owner of the W Sauce, who's one of the most interesting humans that I've ever been around, uh, Big Bear Holman. We're going we're gonna to do one with Bear here sooner than later. He's a uh, saltwater guide down in the Keys, just crazy ambassador, influencer in the saltwater world. Got more stories than uh, than than you can shake a stick at. But we're gonna we're gonna do that. But support all the sponsors: Pro Guide Baitworks, um, Startron Express Boats, of course. Appreciate everybody, uh, guys. Gonna take you out with some Biloxi Blues, and then we'll see y'all next week. Thank y'all. I never could make it last Spanish moss or Civil War ghosts Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway that does not know my name And I don't care, no and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there